Suns take game three over the Clippers last night, 129-124. But before the game, the Clippers side of things was shaken by the news that uh, Kawhi Leonard would not play in game three. Knee sprain. He was in street clothes. His uh, availability for the rest of the series in question right now. Here to give us a clearer picture on that side of things from The Athletic. Covers the uh, Clippers for The Athletic. Law Murray, our guest on the Arizona Sports Line. Law, thanks so much for joining us again. Appreciate it. Good morning once again, guys. Uh, read your piece on The Athletic about you know the hours leading up to the game and this coming out of uh, of left field and, and kind of the here-we-go-again feeling from the Clippers. I mean, what was, what was your initial reaction to hearing this news? Was this completely out of left field? It was definitely, for me, out of left field because I was around Kawhi after game one, game two. He took a while to get... Dress. He was the last guy out of the locker room, and he earned it. He, he he's been the best player in the series. He had high minute workload, high on ball workload. Game one, he he had thirteen of his thirty eight points in the fourth quarter. So when when you look at when you look at all that, uh, you, you was like, okay, Kawhi's doing a lot. Um, he did take a bump. In the third quarter of game one on an and one where he sped in the transition, the right side of the lane, and DeAndre Ayton kind of hit him. He has to land and use his right leg to kind of steady himself and get the ball up on, on, on the goal. He scores. Uh, it reminded me of when Joe Ingles hit him uh, two years ago, uh-huh. and that was the play that Kawhi suffered his partially torn ECL that he wound up needing to get surgically repaired. So it's not as serious as that. That's what we're being told. The fact that Kawhi was at the game last night and not up in a luxury suite somewhere is a good sign because when he was in that luxury suite, people were like, why isn't he around the team? And the reality was he wasn't around the team because he was hurt because the mobility of his knee restricted him from being around on the baseline area. So um, that's a positive that it's not as serious. But because of that, you're wondering, well, what the heck would knock Kawhi out of the playoff game? And it was, exactly. That, that was that was difficult to see, difficult to accept that once again, uh, Kawhi would not be available. It, I'm sure it hit the team like a sack of bricks. And it's and the fan base too. However, it's defined in LA, and I know a lot of people make fun of the Clippers fan base and, and the status. This this has to be very very difficult to 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 have these two magnificent players who just are not available. This was last night was a full capacity crowd, and what I wrote this morning, Kawhi. Leonard has never been able to play in a playoff game in Los Angeles with a full capacity crowd. Like the first year, it was the bubble. The second year, Toronto's first year as head coach, when they made that run, the game that I referred to where Kawhi scored in ACL, I think that crowd had about 8,000 people. That was the last of the restricted, limited capacity crowds where we are still in the stage of the pandemic where you couldn't have everybody in the arena just yet. Uh, that was lifted for Ka- the first game that Kawhi wound up missing out of the four home games the Clippers had left that postseason. Last year, Kawhi missed the whole year. And now you have game three, the first, the, the, the venue change game, and 
it's not even like you knew the morning of. It's not like you yeah. knew the night before when the injury report came out. Like, there was a midday update. Oh, sorry, guys. Four hours before the game, no Kawhi. Or, or four hours before uh, the coaches speak to address what's happening. Um, and it's tough. Like, you get in that arena and you see all those, those you see it lit up. I, I, I was in the arena for Phoenix's games one and two and you know, all those shirts and, and just everybody milling around downtown uh, anticipating meaningful basketball, right? Um, and not just who your home team is, but who the opponent is. I mean, fans go to these games not just for the team that they're rooting for, but to see who they got to beat. And it's, it's, it's like going to a party and uh, the person you're going to the party for isn't there. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Yeah, Law Murray true. from The Athletic, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. You used the phrase, it must have hit the team like a ton of bricks, yet the Clippers came out and they didn't act that way. They didn't perform that way. That team plays really, really hard. And I think there's a lot of things they can take away from, from that game, Law, uh, moving forward, even if Kawhi Leonard doesn't play. Uh, namely, going small for most of the fourth quarter, that created a lot of issues for the Suns. What else do you think the Clippers can take as a positive from, from that performance, even if Kawhi can't go a Saturday or beyond? Well, Norman Powell broke out of a shooting slump, but Norman, to me, was already playing well, uh, even though he had missed 18 out of 23s in April prior to Thursday night's game. Norm was doing a great job getting to the rim, doing a great job getting to his spots, getting to the free throw line. But putting him in a starter role, that was the best game Norm's ever played as a Clipper, and really the best game Norm's ever played ever since leaving the, leaving the Raptors. And that was the, the way that he shot the ball in addition to doing all the other things he already does. That's how you get 42 points. Uh, Russell Westbrook, Again, this dude was with the Lakers, and the Lakers, you know, compounded a, a, a roster that didn't fit him with all the other things going on. You know, we're not going to get too deep into that right now, but people act like this dude couldn't play still. And both times that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George were not available and Russell Westbrook has been available, Russell Westbrook has dropped 30 points in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that he was able to do it in a playoff game suggests that this, this guy can still play at a high level. I mean, at an MVP level, no. He's a 15-year, 6'3", small guard, but he can still hoop. And those two guys being able to still find buckets when the Suns knew that someone had a score, that was probably uh, the most encouraging part for the Clippers. It's not their offense that they need to figure out. Um, they can score. Toronto Lou is an outstanding head coach in terms of putting guys in position to succeed. Now they have to figure out how to defend without fouling, how to take care of the basketball, because when you lose a game by five points uh, and you look at the possession battle and see that the Suns spanked you with 14 extra possessions, uh, five from turnovers, and um, you know the offensive rebounds, nine from offensive rebounds, you know that all right, you're going to go small, you're going to probably lose a rebound battle. But you can't lose the turnover battle, too. And so uh, we're we're going to see first thing Saturday uh, if those things can carry over. Uh, there's there's definitely some things to to uh, feel encouraged about, but you gotta you have to 
carry that over at the same time. We talk about a legacy a lot with basketball players, almost ad nauseum, but Devin Booker lost a game seven at home um, and was blown out in the process, almost embarrassed in it all. And and NBA players who want to be stars, they have to wear that. And it looks like Devin Booker's taking some steps to atone for that last couple of games. From an outside opinion, uh, what do you see from Phoenix's superstar? Devin's playing the best basketball of his career right now. Um, Kevin Durant coming to the Suns has unlocked a version of Devin Booker that certainly in the playoffs we've never seen before. And even I saw it even when Kevin was playing those eight regular season games. Uh, it's funny, like eight regular season games, it's the same number of seeding games that teams got in the bubble. And you remember, <laughs> Book got in the bubble and, and went off. The Suns were that's that was the signs that the Suns were turning it around, right? But I mean, Devin Booker has made ten field goals now in consecutive games, and it was a run that Devin Booker went on when Katie started playing again. Um, Kevin, when, when Kevin debuted with the Suns, it was at Charlotte, and Devin went off for thirty-seven points. Devin hadn't scored that many points since his 58-point game in December against the Pelicans. Um, and so the way that Devin has played with Kevin Durant makes – he's the, he's the guy. I've seen Kevin play sloppy basketball in this series. He got off to a terrible start in game one. He had six turnovers in game three. Uh, I, I've seen Chris play sloppy basketball in this series. Not with turnovers, but with his shot selection, Chris definitely got tired at the end of the game three last night, but Devin kept scoring points. He kept hitting timely threes. He's just, he, he's just around the basketball, uh, both as a rebounder. He had more rebounds in game three than the first two games combined. And he keeps on sealing the ball from the Vitsis Ubots when the Vitsis Ubots is back to start. Yeah. Uh, and then Book had eight turnovers in Phoenix in the first two games. He had none. After all the chaos that the Clippers were trying to create, to get back into the game, Devin played clean basketball when his teammates didn't. Uh, he he is he's been the best player in this series now that Kawhi is injured, um, and that's uh, that that's that's what players do in their eighth year. Um, I'm using the word eight a lot. I don't know why, but uh, <laughs> he's in his eighth year. He's the guy who's in his prime. He's the guy who's got to lead the Suns. Kevin is an accessory. Yeah, and that's the funny thing about it. Though Monty was saying that he feels like Kevin Durant is a decoy at times, but that's the truth. Kevin is a mutant Mikel Bridges in this series, and Devin is the guy who's been here through the bad times and through the ascent. Um, Devin's been the one that the Clippers still need to figure out how to make them come. Yeah. It hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Law, great stuff. Thanks so much for uh, being available for us. Again, we appreciate your time and your insight.